Tzoraim Tov, we continue in the Sefer Nefesh Shimshon. We started the prayer Ezel Makomon, which are really Mishnayos that we said have no Machlokas at all. There's no debate in it at all. And, and debate is good because it's able to refine things and get to a conclusion. But if you have debates where you don't come to a conclusion, then that's lacking, so to speak, in the clarity of Torah. And here we are dealing with the clearest part of Torah where there's no machlokas at all. So continuing with this idea, Rapinkas brings us a very fundamental point in the entire order of serving Hashem for those who want to grow and elevate themselves. And he says the following fundamental point, that there are levels that one climbs in his avodas Hashem. And every action that you do has to be suitable for the level that you're at at the time that you're doing it. And we know you should not be jumping levels. In other words, you got to do things that suit your spiritual profile. If you have a certain amount of spirituality, then take on a certain amount of things. But don't go all the way to the extreme if you're not really on that level, because then you'll fall. So what do you do? Well, you try to take a little bit more. A little bit more and you may struggle a little but you'll be able to get to there but don't behave in a way that's totally not in your league okay this is well known but Pinkett wants to add in spite of all that let's say you got this ladder okay and the ladder's got a hundred rungs and you are comfortably sitting on rung 30. now don't try to get to rung 100 not a good idea but what you should also not make a mistake of it well i'm on rung 30 and that's all i'm going to look at no even though you're on rung 30 and your behavior should be rung 30 you have to be aware that there are higher levels and you have to yearn to get to the higher levels you cannot forget that there is more growth that is necessary okay and you have to have some kind of handle on those higher levels. Now, we call this idea negia, like touching it. Okay, we want to touch the level. We have some connection to it. So we'll have a yearning to get to that level. Okay, a true bentora yearns to get to the ultimate highest levels. And he's not satisfied that the end of the result should be low. So he imagines where he'd like to be. The It says in the Tana Develio Rabba, it's type of Medrash. It says a person is obligated, not optional, obligated to say, when will my actions touch the actions of the patriarchs Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov? So the obvious question is, what are you talking about? You're never going to get to the level of Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. If you say that, either you're a fool, that <laughs> you think so, or you're a kaifer, you're a heretic. You don't understand what Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov are. Or maybe both together. So why did the rabbi say, autumn, a person's obligated? So the critical word is, it doesn't say a person's obligated to behave like doves. It says to touch. To touch. 
let's imagine you've got a ceiling that is, let's say you're six feet tall. Person jumps up. You know, if you really give a high jump, maybe you could hit eight feet. But you can't stay there long. You jump, you touch it, you come down. So therefore, we're all obliged to say, yeah, I have to touch that level, not to be on that level. To recognize there is that level and to know this is something that one day will be mine. But I'm not grabbing onto it like Avram Lavino has. But a little bit I'd like to be able to achieve because the patriarchs have showed us the way. They've given us the direction. Now it's a very difficult path. I may never get to the end of the path, but I'm yearning for the path. And maybe for a moment, I will touch that path. So this is very important because you have to know what your desires are. A person will only be motivated by his desires. Right? Um, and therefore, you know, as many people say, if you, if you strive to get an A, maybe you'll get a B. If you're satisfied with a C, you could very well flunk. Okay, so you want to strive to get an A. If you strive to get an A, you could get a B. Maybe never an A, but you'll at least get a B. You're on rung 30. You have to say, there's a rung 100, and I'd like to be there. As opposed to satisfying yourself with your mediocrity that you have right now. Level 30 is good. Nothing to criticize a level 30, but not to stay there forever. If you're going to stay there forever, why do you got to live anymore? So, so but, but if you don't know anymore, so then how are you going to know to, to, to go be more? So you have to see, you have to be shown a little bit, a little, you know, like when you're going in the nighttime through the, uh, through the forest, you don't know which way you're going, and then the lightning flashes for a minute. Oh, now you see the destination. Now you know exactly which way to go. No one's expecting you to be Avram Avinu. But we're all expected to want to be Avram Avinu. And to get closer to Avram Avinu. And maybe even once for a millisecond, to even behave like Avram Avinu for a second, but then down. A tremendous, mysterious nefesh that's way beyond what you normally do. But today I, I accomplished such a thing. So we always have to have some connection with something that's way above us. Like you need the North Star. The North Star is a very important thing when you're lost. I don't know all the details, but the first thing they tell you if you're lost, look for the North Star. If you got the North Star, it can lead you in the right way. Now, are you ever going to get to the North Star? No. But it's going to guide you. And that's what you need. You need to have a connection to something that's greater. We talk about stories of great rabbis. We're never going to be like the Baal Shem Tov. But to know that, oh, that's something I wish I could be, and I want to do what I can, even though I'll end up far away from it, but I'll be closer than if I'm not thinking about it. Now, obviously, there's a very clear opposite. What if, you know, this is the danger of children having, uh, being fans 
of Goyim. I want to be Wayne Gretzky. I want to be Wayne Gretzky. I want to be Taylor Swift. I want to go, what for? What do they have to offer you? But that puts us in the wrong direction. We have to know what, where's the North Star taking us? So therefore, we all need to know what are our yearnings. Now, it's interesting, in this world, we build on machlokas. You study Talmud, there's a machlokas abayin rav, a machlokas rav shimgam And we're all inside a certain machlokas. I have, I have different views of myself. I'm torn. Should I be more involved with my work? Should I be more involved with my Torah? Should I be more involved with my children? There's lots of machlokas over here. But when Mashiach comes, there'll be no machlokas. It's all going to be absolutely clear. We're going to study from Hashem's mouth, as it were. Remember we said last week, when Yeshua had his court, there was a lot of machlokas. But they finally ruled on it. But when Moshe Rabbeinu had his base medrash, there was no machlokas. And if there was any different opinions, Moshe says, wait on, let me ask God. Because that was before the rule that we can't go to heaven to get the laws. So there is a point, there is a point of no machlokas somewhere along the line. So when we say this parak of Ezeu Makomo, we are seeing something where there's no machlokas. There is totally clarity within the purview of Torah. When there's machlokas, when there's differences, that creates certain barriers. So we're in this world to straighten out all the machlokas. And how do we do that? When we get to a clear understanding of Torah. When a person gets to the inner core of Torah, to a clarity of Torah, when it's absolutely clear what the message of the Torah, that's a moment of peace and tranquility. And that's what we got to be working in this world to achieve that concept. And obviously there's a concept of our connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that is comes through the Torah. And by learning the Torah, we live with Hashem. And when you learn the Torah, you live with Hashem, you show there's nothing else but Hashem. So when we're learning this chapter of Esau Makomo, we are being shown what is the highest level that a person could live in this world. And for example, what is another example of that? Is Shabbos. Shabbos, for example, the Arizal says, we can't have any machlokas on Shabbos. The Pasuk says, you shall not burn a fire in any of your living places on the Shabbos. So not only is it talking about the physical fire, but it's talking about the fire of Machlokas. A fire of Machlokas. When we come to the next, when we get to a certain point in life where we're totally at peace with Hashem, we come to the unity of Hashem, there is no Machlokas. We go through a week and we don't understand things. Hashem tells me to do this, and then I do this, but things don't seem to work out right. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and it doesn't seem to be working out good. I was supposed to do certain mitzvah, I messed up in it, and we got into a big 
uh, I'm just unhappy. Things aren't working out. Because there's a lot of machlokas during the six days of the week. There's all kinds of different opinions over here. But when you come to Shabbos, come to Shabbos, Shabbos is there's no machlokas. We come, we come to the place of existence before the world was created, before God divided into the world. Remember, God, here is the great question that all the philosophers ask. If there's one God, how can there be so many different things that he creates? There's different chalakim. There's different uh, there's different parts. And this part's different than this part. Just like we said before, Yaakov had 12 sons. Not easy for them to get along. They have different ideas. But they all come from one God. And they all have to be unified with one God. So there's a lot of machlokas, but come Shabbos is before the, before the world was created. And the one source is a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So we have to come to that place where there's a variety of ideas, but it really melds into one idea. And that really is the cornerstone, the essence of what Torah is. And we'll see shortly, that's what the 13 attributes of understanding Torah are going to explain to us. And that brings the greatest connection to Hashem. person has to realize that when you're studying Torah and living Torah, you have to give yourself over to Torah and there can be nothing else there in that boundary. And therefore, here's the point. First, I don't understand. I'm supposed to be connected to someone. How how is, how is I could eat? A soul like not godly. Answer is no. There's no machlokas. There's no eating is not a contradiction to serving God. Procreating is not a contradiction to serving God. Smiling and being happy is not a contradiction to serving God. But it's all one thing. Okay? It's all part of Torah. Okay? You're raising a family. It's noisy. It's hard to put the kids to bed. But that is all Torah. If you say, I have to put my kids to bed the way the Torah says I put them together. I have to discipline my children the way the Torah says Okay. And that's why, for example, what you're not allowed to do on Shabbos, why certainly you can't do, because that will create machlokas. Same thing. Okay, but you got to realize that, no, that living in this world does not contradict Torah. If anything, it's, it is the, it's the laboratory results of being, learning of Torah and having such a lifestyle. So, now, where is there going to be no machlokas at all, for sure, in the next world? We're going to learn straight from Hashem, no, no other opinions. Now, it's clear to all of us that when we go to the next world, are there any newspapers, any computers? Nothing. No social media. So what is over there? Tzaddikim are sitting with crowns on their heads and, and enjoying the radiance and the splendor of the Shekinah. Now, that is the life we could have in this world. And that's what Eisehu Makomom is saying. There's a type of a life you can reach where there is no machlokas anymore. And that's what's coming. We're moving from korbanos. There was the korban of the animal. We're prepared to give our blood. The Qataris referred to not die al-Kiddush Hashem, live al-Kiddush Hashem. And now we're going to live al-Kiddush Hashem, what? In a world there's, where there's no machlokas. And if there's no machlokas, then everything is clear. The inner core of Torah is so clear. And I'm, and I'm 
I'm, I'm at peace with myself. And it's all very important because we're soon going to start praising God. And until the human being comes to the point, he starts in the morning, he's half asleep, and you have to know that everything comes from Hashem, and that's the Birchus HaShachar and all those things. And then we start getting into Korbanus. We want to start understanding how to serve Hashem. We have to get to the point that I'm willing to give everything to Hashem, and it's, I don't feel conflicted. And that's what this mission is saying. I have no conflict anymore. Yes, there are machlokas, but we want to reach the point where there is no machlokas, and I'm not conflicted. And when you're not conflicted, then you can focus on praising Hashem. If you're still conflicted, it's hard to focus on praising Hashem, but there's a lot of other things that are on your mind. Yeah, question. So you answered. Okay. All right. So now, let's make sure I didn't skip anything here. Uh... Okay, so now we move on. Very short uh, parak over here. The Bryce of Rabbi Shmuel Omer. Rabbi Shmuel Omer, Midos There are 13 harmonic principles for which you can understand Torah, such as Kalva Homer, Binyanav. There's different things uh, that you there are principles of looking at the text and coming to conclusions to what is the text really telling us. Okay? So, where does this fit in over here? Rapinka says this is the, the apex. This is where everything has been taking us to. This is going to be the launching pad from this point on to the praises of Hashem. And he says... We are now coming to, as they say, understanding the, the Torah in a deeper way. Because you, you have the text, they got tools to extract deeper ideas in the Torah. So now we're coming as it is to the soul of the Torah. With these 13 principles, you can now, you don't have to just be satisfied with the external aspect of the Torah, but go to the inner aspect of the Torah. And there's for the mentor says that, you know, it's possible through your mind to come to what's called the gufa of the Torah, the essence of the Torah. And if one studies the Torah and you study all the different aspects and you serve the scholars properly, even if you're killing yourself to understand Torah, you have a tremendous simcha from this. So this is what the idea of the gufa shal Torah, the essence of Torah. And that means you're, you're extracting out what really is in there. You look at something on the outside, you know, for example, you could have a tree. Torah's like a tree. Now, in, uh, I believe it's in November time, what do they do? They uh, tap the trees for the syrup maple syrup now that maple syrup nobody sees it but it's in the tree you just see this tree but someone told somebody that if you tap it and get something in there you know lots of sap can start coming out oh but then there's a big job it's not just the sap coming 
comes out. You can't eat the salmon. Ugh. You gotta, what do you call it? Uh, filter it and boil it. and You lose like, I think, 90% of the sap, something like that. But what you get out is the pure honey. This is the concept of the gufa shelter. I mean, the tree looks nice. A maple tree looks nice. It's a nice tree. But now look what kind of work you gotta do to really make, a mamish can taste the tree. It's like such a simcha. Okay, this is the eternal simcha that Torah is able to give us. And here, in this part of the prayer service, is where we can get to this idea, while we're still in this world, and even not in the Shemona Esrei. Because we know, the word Echad, one, that defines Hashem, is the Gematria, Aleph Ches Dalet, 184, is 13. So how many 13s do we have in Davening? Well, let's look at the Shemona Esrei. I know there's 19 brachas, but the first three and the last three are prerequisites and post-requisites. But the core is 13 brachas. When we will study Pesukah Zimra, how many essential parts to Pesukah Zimra are there? 13. It's all unity, unifying with Hashem. So this Bryser of Yishmol, which now remember, the other elements Sukkot is Zimmer, we're going into higher worlds. We're going into higher worlds. We're going to the worlds of the angels. We're going into God's world. But still at Sukkot Zimra, we're still in the world of action. This world's right over here. And in this world, we are still able to reach 13 levels of Torah. To get to the inner core of Torah in this world. You can get to an inner core of Torah. And people who get this are, are giants. They said about Rabbi Akiva Eger, one of the greatest Torah giants. And he said, what will be my Olam Hava? What is my Olam Hava? He says, you know what? Give me a lectern, a good lectern that's steady. Give me a nice good chair and a Gemara with a clear print. So I could sit and learn without any disruptions. Because then I've come to the core of it all. So such a person can live in Eilamah in this world. But Eilamah said, you got clear. So we gotta ask, so how does this essential aspect of Torah look? So the rabbis tell us a very big idea that these 13 methods of extracting the core of Torah, they parallel the 13 attributes of mercy. That's a parallelism. Because 13 expresses a certain type of perfection. What type of perfection? Well, the normal type of perfection number is 10. God created the world 10 utterances, 10 commandments, 10 spheros. And we know that 10 is divided into two parts, 7 and 3. The days of creation is 7. Right? Um, we have 7 directions. Above, below, north, south, east, west, and in the middle. 7. And that's when David said the 7 things. The 7 spheros. 
That's one aspect. But then the second aspect is the three, which is above the seven. We said those are the attributes of Keser, which is Chachma, Bin, and Das. And what do we call those three? That is the soul of the world. The seven attributes of how he works in this world, but the three are the soul of this world. It's above this world. So three and seven gives us the world that we have, that we see outside and inside from the Keser of Chachma, Bin, and Das. So when we talk about our world, we say 10, seven and three. But you want to talk about the greatest of all. We're talking about the real one. That's Olam Haba. And that Olam Haba is 13. How is this? Well, just like we have seven. And then we got three, that is the soul of the three, but what's the, the of the seven? So what's the soul of the three? What's the soul of the soul? And that's three more. That's a new, that's a deeper core of the soul. So it's really three, three, seven. You don't understand that? Good. It's a hard thing to understand. But what we're saying is, just like in this world, all we see is seven. Everything's seven in this world. But where does it come from? Chachma bin Adas. That's the three. That's a three that's beyond. Okay, now where is the Chachma bin Adas coming from? It's coming from the Keser. It's coming from the Keser. And really that Keser, that's the source of that. And we said that the 13 attributes of mercy are found in the Keser. So if that's found in the Keser, then the 13 ways of studying Torah are found in the Keser. So that's the root of the root. The neshama, the neshama. That means the clearest clarity that can exist. That's in Eilam Haba. Now we have a little taste of that in this world. When is that? During the 10 days of tshuva, when we say the 13 attributes of mercy. A little bit of that taste, which is the 13 attributes of Hashem that are beyond beyond any understanding. But that's Hashem's connection to Olam Haba that now traces itself all into this world. So we have 13 attributes of mercy, which is the essence of creation. We have 13 ways of extracting and understanding the Torah. And when you extract that, you're really extracting the Olam Haba part of the Torah in Olam Hazeh. Olam Haba, there's no pleasure of eating and drinking. We're just sitting and learning Torah. What are we doing all day long in Olam Haba? The 13 attributes of being able to extract the Torah. Now, who had access to this? Who was able to use this? Only the rabbis in the times of the Beis Hamikdash, the Tanoim. The Tanoim were able to use the 13 attributes of mercy. They were able to extract the core. After that time, even our big rabbis, not allowed to do it. I'm not allowed to do it, you're not allowed to do it. We have to take what they gave us already. Even the great Balei Toslos, who learned in the, lived in the 11th, 12th, 13th century, when they're going to learn the Gemara, they can't pull out one of these 13 attributes of understanding Torah. They can't, they can't do that. We could try, we can learn what the other rabbis have told us. So these are what we call the flashes. 
the flashes of bringing out the core of the Torah. And that's really what Kabbalah and Hasidus are trying to bring out to some extent or another to get the eager core of all this. It all starts from the 13 Hermunic principles to say there's something much deeper. And this also gets us an idea of the Pardes, Pshat, Remesh, Drusod. We get to the core of all that. So as we finish this whole first stage and the stage of understanding who we are and understanding there's a world of action over here and we try to say a Shema to connect everything to Hashem even when we're in this physical world over here. But how is that going to really happen? It's going to happen with Karbanos. I'm prepared to give up my life. It comes with the Ketoros. I'm prepared to, to give, to, to not die for Hashem, but to live for Hashem. And then how am I going to get that? By really understanding Torah with clarity. And there's a deeper essence of that. That's the 13 uh, ways of understanding the Torah. And if you don't know how to do it, but we have it there, and to go deeper into that, and to study, to get to the core of the beautiful, to get the maple syrup out of existence. So when you reach, now we may not hit that level today or tomorrow, but to know that's where we want to be. We want to get, there is such a level, we want to be there. Then we'll be prepared to then start praising our Kodesh to know that we have such a big core of, of, of beautiful maple syrup inside, which leads us tomorrow a little bit of a, well, what, what happens after you say the Bryce of Rabbi Shmuel Omer? We say Kaddish. So tomorrow we'll have a discussion probably for a day or two. What is the core, what's the real essence of Kaddish? Why it's an Aramaic? What does the Kaddish do for us? And obviously why it's so important to have a lot of Kavona during the Kaddish. We'll discuss that tomorrow in Mir Sashem.